Good morning, everyone. My name is Fred Demelan, not Demelan or Demillion, but you can call me that. I don't mind. And uh, I'm married to the beautiful Kate and uh, our five-year-old son Jonathan. It has really been an incredible couple of months since being added to this family. I had my mom here for a few days, and uh, that's always quite a an entertaining time. I really actually thought when I was younger I was, I was a very funny guy, but then I realized my mom actually just laughs at almost anything. Um, but I love her, and uh, I think that's why I'm slightly the way I am. Um, but I was just saying, you know, we've had a, an incredible, since the beginning of the year, it's been a, a roller coaster, but a good one. Um, just of growth and just being added, as I said, and we are thankful to be part of this family. And I believe that it's just scratching the surface of what's to come still for this year and the years that are to come from this family. I mean, this is often from Linwood. You hear how many church plants that have happened across the city, and we know there are more to come. So, yes, I am thankful to be sharing with you this morning. We are still in our series uh, our future hope, and today we are speaking on the interesting light subject of responding to life's pressures. So um, the reality is storms will come. The question is, how do we respond? Jesus said they will come. So when storms come, we, in a sense, we shouldn't be surprised because we know he has said this will happen, but our response, that is what we're going to look at today. So there's a picture of an island I just want to uh, show you, pretty amazing, beautiful, beautiful island, and uh, there was a man in the South Seas, I mean, true perfection, looks nothing like Valcom, that's where I come from. <laughs> no one is certain how, but there was a man who landed on this island. A science expedition actually took place and they discovered as they sailed through these crisp clear waters and its perfect swimming temperature, they decided let's, let's whatever we do with the anchor, uh, drop it, drop anchor and let's go ashore. We need to discover, we need to see what's happening here. After a while of walking around and looking and discovering and and so on, they started to, to feel like they're being watched. And at some point, they saw a bearded man. His name was Etienne. <laughs> and he had been there for 40 years. He was so excited to see other people, and eventually they realized he's friendly, so they, they made contact, and he said, guys, I need to show you what I've been doing for the last 40 years. He took them to the nine-hole mashy course that he made by hand, a drive-in restaurant that he would often frequent, a movie theater, and of course, a library. He also showed them a beautiful church, stained glass windows, pretty much like a mini cathedral. 
And he proudly looked at them and said, guys, this is my church. And one of the crew said, it's awesome. But if this is your church, what church is that? He kind of just looked at them. That's my previous church. <laughs> when we, or I, is in the center of our Christian life, it's really difficult to love. Love remains a word with very little action. And like this man, even though he was alone in that church, found reason to go to a new church. Chapter 3 of First Thessalonians is a beautiful model of love. The love the Thessalonica church had for one another, the love Paul had for these new believers a love that was strong, active, unwavering. It persists through persecution. It gives selflessly, and it never fades, but over time, in fact, strengthens. So the first two weeks, we looked at the, the mission, the map. We looked at the, the journey they've gone on. Uh, we've looked at the, the, the why, in a sense. This has got to do with the heart. I love chapter 3 and just what we can take from this. I think if we get this, there's something so powerful. And like anything in the Word, there is definitely more treasures to be found. So I want to encourage you to go and read this chapter uh, and just dig for yourself at the treasures that can be found. But we're going to look at this love that these 13 verses speak about. So you can page to First Thessalonians chapter 3, or it will be on the screen as well. So when we could no longer stand it, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who's our brother in God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one could be unsettled in these trials. You know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that you would be persecuted. And it turned out that way. As you well know, for this reason, when I could no lo stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. But Timothy has just come from you to us, or from us to you, from you, from those guys he came back to, to Paul, and he brought good news about their faith and their love. He has told us that you always have uh, pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray, most earnestly, earnestly, that you may see, that we may see you once again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow from each other and from everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you may be blameless and holy in the presence of our God. And Father, when the Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. 
It is a mouthful, but a powerful 13 verses, really looking at, as I said, the love that Paul has in such a way, if we kind of do a bit of a recap, we realize he couldn't stand it, and he needed to send, he needed to find out, are they okay? I know temptation will come, I know persecution will come, I just don't know how they're doing. Timothy, you need to go, you need to find out how they're doing, and he does. And I think for Paul, it must have been such an incredible moment when he came back and he said, they are doing incredibly well. They are standing firm in the faith. They are continuing in love. It is going so well amidst persecution, amidst all temptation. Yes, those things were happening, but still they were standing. And I love how this chapter ends with this prayer that they may abound in love, that they will be blameless and holy at the coming of Jesus. And in a a very real way, a prayer that we should continuously pray for one another as a spiritual family as well. So the one thing I thought about when looking at this chapter, we can really study and go quite deep because there's so much, as I was saying, and there always is. The more you dig, the more you find. That's just what happens in the Word. But how does it look in our lives today? If we are to bring back what was happening, and this kind of uh, epistle that Paul wrote, this letter that he wrote, this love letter in a sense, this love that drew him to action in our lives, I, I kind of thought it would be a good idea to, if we read things like their persecution and their temptation, it feels like in a way we can almost separate ourselves from that. But the truth is, we face temptation in a very different way, possibly, there is some form of persecution, but there are storms. We've all gone through storms the last few years. Everybody has gone through something. The first five verses. We must understand that the Christian life equals storms will come. It is a very real reality. And we are called to encourage one another. That is part of our call. Like Timothy, we are called God's fellow workers. If you ever wondered about a title, right there should settle it. What an amazing title to have. I'm a co-worker with Christ. I don't know that there's something greater than that. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, you can go see it there. We have an enemy. Before Christian life begins, there's still storms. And for whatever reason, because this is a fallen world where sin is very much active and alive. But now you also have an enemy. You have signed up, in a sense, for battle. And I... Um, I just want to say, he's not wanting to come and stand next to you and give you a spiritual lummy. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy by any means that he can. Because the reality is, just as much as God is love, personally I believe he is hate, and he hates us. We have the Holy Spirit to lead 
to guide, to keep us close. Our reality is, although we have an enemy, although storms come, God is with us. So I just want to pause here. I remember there was a storm that threw me. Uh, I had an incredible relationship with, with my dad. Uh, they were in the ministry, and eventually we did a lot of traveling over Europe and all over the show, and uh, also a musician, and we had a lot to talk about. We just, there was a great relationship, and um, he gave really his life. He loved people. There was about, I think there was a thousand, almost a thousand, three hundred people at his funeral, because he was just someone who was really loved by the community, and he passed away at the age of 54, and I remember I was in Joburg pursuing music. I was not in a very good place with my relationship with God, but I remember the phone call. And I actually thought it's quite like my dad to, to pass away on a Friday at the end of the week at 5 o'clock at the end of the working day. He was very prompt. <laughs> yep, okay, see ya. Um, I can joke about it because it's almost 20 years, but I'll see him again. And obviously I, I miss him and, uh, and so on, but I remember when my, my uncle phoned and said, Fred, your dad's gone. I was uh, getting ready to go to a show, and um, I just sat there. And at first, I was, I was kind of angry. I was like, but he's 54. He's given his life to you. He's done, I mean, everything he does is for you. When storms come, over time, I mean, if I think about it now, the beauty of just how the whole thing happened and the reality of where my dad is and this, the fact that I can celebrate his life now without anything but joy is only because of God. Even though he was 54, I can be like, man, I'm going to rugby tackle you from behind when I see you, dad. Um, I don't tackle well, but I'm going to try. Verses 6 to 10, I looked at what is it that we can take from what happened there and pull into our lives for today. And as I said, we are called to encourage one another. We are called to love one another. We are called to pray for one another. In South Africa, often there's a thing of, you know, if, if the three of us, for example, my family, behind our walls, if we're okay, everything's fine. And the whole thing of spiritual family, I mean, I've seen it time and time again. Here in Linwood, where we came from, Every Nation Willows, it was incredible where people just stand together when there are storms and how family stands for one another. And it's just endless food and love and prayer and support. And that's what we are called to do. That is spiritual family. Love often and should and does equal action. It cannot just be a word that we speak over and to one another, but that's where it remains. I love the verse even that we all, I believe, have either heard or, or know. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. There is an action to love. Our faith in God can have a great effect on those around us. And our love is the demonstration of that faith. I'm just thinking about 
prayer and praying for one another. Sometimes we have these deflection prayers. And I don't know if it was your first time, but Greg led prayer this morning at our 8 o'clock prayer, and I, I think that may have been a first as well. So you were right. It's like just a bunch of firsts today. It's, it's incredible what, uh, what happens in that. And it was awesome, Greg. Um, I heard this incredible story of a, a mom, an old mom. Her, her kids came to visit, and she was really excited. And after the visit, they were saying, okay, we, we've got to go. She said, okay, let me just pray. Lord, I thank you for my children. Thank you for their visit. I pray that you'll protect their whole journey home in that white car on the N3 all the way to Durban at every pit stop and at every toll gate. In Jesus' name, amen. So the son eventually is like, um, you know, we're flying to Cape Town. She's like, shh, now he's going to look for you on the N3. Sometimes we want to pray deflective prayers, paint a picture over here, meanwhile. I want to tell you a, a story of, of a prayer and a mom's prayer. Uh, this December, um, I'm probably going to get a bit emotional, because as rugged as I am, I, I'm quite a softy. Um, when I think about my mom, she is a, she's about that, that big. She's tiny, but she's fierce with prayer. She's a, a prayer warrior lady. And when I went astray, when I lost my way, whatever you want to call it, I stopped following God, she started praying fervently. <laughs> and um, 17 years ago, this December, I've been completely free and uh, from, from drug, drug addiction. I got into some uh, substance abuse uh, in my music days, my early 20s, and I was sitting with a friend. Eventually, at that point, it was kind of the only friend, and uh, we, were, uh, we had taken some stuff. But this time, I had a, an incredible encounter in that state. I could literally, audibly, hear my mom praying. And she was just saying, I'm calling him home. I'm calling him back. And in that moment, I said to my friend, I've got to go. Um, I'm coming back, but I, I have to quickly go get, get some stuff. And he's like, we've got everything. I'm like, no, but I, I, need, I need smokes. And he's like, there's boxes so I'm, I, I didn't know what to say anymore. I'm just like, I got to go. I got in my car here in Pretoria, north somewhere, and I drove all the way back to Valcom. I, I don't actually, even if I'm honest with you, remember that, that trip home. What I do remember is on occasion, I'd hear my mom praying. When I got home, I was like, uh, hey, Gran, is mom here? And she, she had gone out. So I'm like, it's all good. I'm going to wait. And my mom walked in. I said, Mom, were you praying for me? She said, yes. Were you calling me home? She's like, yes. I'm like, I'm home. She's like, well, not quite this home. But that was the turnaround for me. I, 
instantly stopped using drugs. I stopped pretty much that, that way of life. I actually got out the music scene and rededicated my life to God, and it's, it's been incredible. And it's a praying mom who just didn't give up. The power of prayer is more real than we'll ever know. It's just that we don't often see it. So often we don't know what's actually happening. But God is active, and He's doing stuff. And He'll even use a mom's prayer in her room and make it audible for the son. So if you're a mom here praying for your child, just don't stop. Verse 11 to 13, we are called to pray. Pray for each other. Encourage one another in our prayers. As Paul's motive behind these prayers was love, it should be the same for us. May we be a spiritual family that's not only saying, I love you, but that that love will push us towards an action. And that will mean that we encourage one another, that we pray for one another. So that one day when we stand before our Father, which is a reality, we will stand before our Father one day. We can do it from a real relationship, knowing God and being known by God. To hear the words, welcome home, our actual home. I cannot wait to see my Father, my Heavenly Father. And this should be the desire for everyone that we meet. So, ESCOM. <laughs> Load shedding. We have become strategically amazing. My dad would be proud of the way our batteries and rechargeable lights and all sorts of stuff go. And then when those lights go out, it's, it's, uh, it's just like a... A quick 30-second performance, and then, ta-da, back in action. Petrol price. Marriage problems. Children that are no longer serving God. Finance, health. The list goes on. Whatever it is for you, and if you're here today, Whatever that is for you, whatever storm that you feel you're facing today. While I was just preparing, these last two weeks have been so good to just be in this particular chapter and asking God, what do you want to say to us? What is it that through these 13 verses we can take away? And I really felt that our theme of abide this year was the, was the answer that kept coming back. God just said, speak about abide. I just want to read four verses from John 15, and I definitely encourage you to read John 15 as well. When it comes to abiding, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain or abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Because if we remain in Him, we'll understand His will, and we'll pray according to that. It will no longer be our will. And that is why I believe whatever we ask will be given.
And then also, verse 16, you did not choose me, but listen to this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, that you love one another. So there's many takeaways from these verses, from what I've spoken. And I was kind of saying, Lord, again, from this abiding, what stands out for me, our devotion and hunger for God. How does that look in the secret place where it's just you and God? How is your abiding when no one's watching? The hunger that we have for God, our running after Him. I do believe with all my heart that prayer and word, getting into the word and our prayer life, it does matter. Not because it helps us earn something, because we can never earn. We've been given freely everything. But it draws us closer to the Father. We start understanding more His will and His heart. So when we pray, we're praying according to His will and His heart. And that changes everything. So when the storms come, I know where I'm standing. I don't now run back to God because I'm with God. Our response to God's word, such as repentance, faith, worship, obedience, forgiveness, sacrifice, giving, releases the Holy Spirit to continually renew and transform us, making us fruitful for His kingdom. Prayer is never an empty exercise. It's a bringing the power of God into any situation. You might not see it. I was actually thinking of, of someone who prayed for their, I think it was his father-in-law. They, he prayed for him for 30 years. 30 years. And eventually, he led him to the Lord. He baptized him in his bath. And two weeks later, or th- something like that, he, this man passed away. But he never stopped. We might or we might not see it. That is not our part. Our part is pray. Get into the Word. Abide. Stay close. When the storms come, it's not now I need an emergency handbrake. I need help, Lord. What do I do? It's I'm already here with you. I'm building on a rock. Living led by the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. When you walk into your house, your work, uh, any situation, asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? The Holy Spirit is not just for the moments like this when we come together, but He wants to so desperately be part of our everyday life, going with us keeping us close, guiding us, leading us. There are very interesting ideas for some reason that have sometimes crept in and even praying in tongues and some of the things about the Holy Spirit that just seem so strange. You know, you have to have a tambourine strapped to your foot and there's flags and if you can't do cartwheels, probably not for you. Guys, this is not the Holy Spirit. But He's all the power that whispered to Jesus, get up. And he's saying that same power, 
is in you. Fellowship and fish. We hear this in our connect, in our discipleship. Fellowship, when it's real, that loving one another, the relationships, when you look at people next to you that you are praying for in this spiritual family, God's saying, stand together, encourage one another, keep running. We are each other's cheerleaders in a sense. And fish, there is a reality and a very, very real line. My dad in 2003 at 5 o'clock on that Friday crossed over that line. And our communication was done. But this side of that line, there is a very real job. This side, Christ is saying, I'm calling you to be my coworker. I want you and I to do life together. I want to lead you by my spirit. I want to walk close. Because we all know I don't have to convince you that storms will come. We've all faced it, and some of you are facing it right now. The difference is, how do we respond? And he teaches us. He, in and through his word, through prayer, through family, comes and shows us how it looks. Spiritual family equals love, cheering one another on. So, how do we respond? My prayer for us is, especially when it comes to living led by the Holy Spirit, it'll be such a reality in our lives. There's co-workers, there are people that are desperately in need of hearing the truth. And you may be the only voice. There might be situations that you have been trusting for for a long time. I want to ask you this morning, don't stop. My mom prayed, and it was for me for three years that I ran as hard as I could against the tide that I was used to, that I had grown up in. <laughs> and still God was like, okay, let me just open his ears. And those words called me home. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop doing what it is that we call to do. But I want to ask this morning, as real as it is, God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to the fact that he says, I am with you until the very end. So this morning, if you are here, and either you're kind of saying, my abiding is something that I, I know the Holy Spirit's just speaking to you this morning and saying it can be and should be in a much better place. God is not trying to catch you out this morning. He's just saying, come closer. I love you. There's so much more found living in and from His presence, not running back and forth staying there and if you are facing a storm this morning any kind of storm my encouragement to you is 
abide. Get into his presence. Live in his presence. I want to pray for for people that are brave enough to admit, I cannot do this anymore on my own. If you are in, in that place and you are facing something, and even if it's for a family member, you are trusting, whatever that storm might be, if that is you this morning, I want to ask you to stand. We're going to pray together this morning and trust God. I want to encourage you as well, if at the end of the service, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, there'll be some of us here in the front, we can pray with you. But right now, let's just pray. God, I just want to thank you for the reality and the truth that you are with us. Thank you that whatever we are facing right now, I ask that everyone standing, that you will come and minister and touch their hearts. Come and be the encourager that you are, Holy Spirit. Come and surround them with your love. Come and lift up their eyes to see you in this storm, to know that they are not alone, to know that you are with them, that you have made a way, that you are the lamp unto their feet guiding them every step of the way. I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you be the one that comes and ministers. And I thank you for what you're doing in and around this room. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are a reality and real, that we can build upon you, that whatever comes, we can stand because of you. We thank you for this and thank you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen.